as a son, as a daughter. Be confident in your relationship with him, that you're his child, that he loves you. Call him father. Come to him in that way and worship him. Glorify him. Say, Lord, I worship you. I thank you for what you're doing. Hallowed be your name. Or I lift you up. I glorify you. I magnify you. You're awesome. You're amazing. And then in verse 10, before Jesus lists on the other things we can request in prayer or types of things we can say when we pray, there's one thing that Jesus puts right at the top before all those other requests start kicking in. And in verse 10, we see what it is. It says, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Everybody say, your kingdom come. Come. Let's say it again. Your kingdom come. Amen. He puts this as the first thing we are to ask God. The first thing that should be on our minds, the first thing that we should kind of request from the Lord. God, your kingdom, let it come. Let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. This is something that's very important to Jesus because before he, for some of you who know the Lord's prayer, there's obviously other things that the disciples are encouraged to pray about. Um, they're encouraged to pray against temptation, against, uh, you know, unforgiveness and asking God for daily bread and all these things. But before Jesus even gets to that, he says, hold on, ask for my kingdom to come. He says, hold on a second, before you get into all that other stuff, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, right? Now, whose kingdom is Jesus talking about here? Does anybody know? Shout it out if you're bold enough. God, thank you, Marco. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, he's talking about God's kingdom. He's not talking about your kingdom, your friend's kingdom, the world's kingdom, whatever other kingdom might be out there, America's kingdom, China's kingdom, whatever. No, he's talking about God's kingdom. Lord, your kingdom, your rulership, let it come on the earth as it is in heaven. Let your will be done, right? He's talking about the Father's kingdom coming to the earth. That's what Jesus is asking us to ask of the Father. Lord, let your kingdom come on the earth. Now, that word there, kingdom, obviously it's, it's you know, it represents a government. It represents a rulership. And the thing about kingdoms is that they represent the king. If you look at any given kingdom, it's usually a reflection of who, who uh, what, what, what king is over that kingdom. So say, for instance, the king uh, is, you know, some crazy, you know, some crazy person who's, like, very violent. Well, guess what? That kingdom is probably going to be filled with a lot of violence, right? If that king is, um, they, they have a bad mouth, they, they curse, they hate people, they're, they're always bitter towards somebody. Well, you know what? That kingdom is going to be full of that. The Bible says that when there's a wicked ruler in place, the kingdom groans. People are oppressed. People are hurting, right? However, that's not the type of kingdom that God is talking about here. When we look at other kingdoms of the earth, we see the reflection of the evil and the corruption of mankind and how twisted it can get. But God isn't like other kings. Our God isn't like the kings of this world. Our God isn't like the other rulers of this world. If we look at, say, a country like North Korea or communist Russia, there's a lot of oppression there. There's a lot of... Uh, People held captive. As a matter of fact, in North Korea, there's concentration camps still going on in this country. There's people dying. There's people being oppressed in all different types of ways. But that's not the kind of God we serve. He's not an oppressive ruler. 
He's not an oppressive king. That doesn't reflect his heart. So the kingdom that he ushers in, the kingdom that God brings, when we say your kingdom come, we're not asking, God is not going to send something that's evil because it doesn't reflect him, right? His kingdom is a reflection of who he is. Your kingdom is a reflection of who you are, right? And God is pure. God is holy. God is loving. God is gentle, as we learned last week. God is all these amazing things. Therefore, that is what his kingdom will reflect. When God comes and he brings his kingdom on the earth, he's going to rule with justice. He's going to rule in a loving way, with kindness, with, 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 with being fair with people, treating, with, treating people with equality. This is God's kingdom, right? Because, again, it's a reflection of who he is. And there's no evil in God. There's no imperfections in God. There's no error in God. There's not one part of God that's, that's off, that's wicked, that's evil. There's not one part of him that has a wrong motive to hurt somebody. That's not God's heart. That's not who God is, and that has no part in the Lord whatsoever. Therefore, his kingdom is just that same way. So when we ask God for his kingdom to come, that's what we're asking for. We're asking for God to reign and rule with purity, with justice, with fairness, with truth, with equality. The Bible says that God is truth, period. And when he comes, he will establish that. So we're asking the Lord. Jesus is encouraging his church and his disciples. Guys, ask God. Ask the Father, Lord, send your kingdom. Your kingdom come on this earth. God, do away with, injust do away with injustice. God, do away with the wickedness of this age. Do away with perversion. Do away with the unfair treatment of different people, right? That's what God is encouraging us to do when we pray this prayer. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God is asking us to ask the Lord to bring his kingdom on the earth just the same way as it is in heaven. And again, in heaven, things are perfect. In heaven, it's amazing. It's awesome. It's perfect. There is no error, no evil motive, no nothing that's wrong about it, no secret uh, sin going on hidden somewhere. It's like, it's perfect. It's pure as pure can be. That's God's kingdom. And we're asking the Lord for that to come now on the earth, just as it is in heaven. Now, we have God's kingdom, right? Your kingdom come, the Father has his kingdom, and he's going to be bringing his kingdom onto this earth. So there's God's kingdom, right? Now, if we go to Colossians chapter 1, I believe. Yeah, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, if I can get on the screen here. It talks about another kingdom, God's kingdom isn't the only kingdom that exists. God's kingdom and God's reign, what he represents, that's not all there is out there. There's also another kingdom. There's also another set of standards. There's also another mindset that is prevalent in the world. Two kingdoms, God's kingdom. And here in Colossians 1, verse 13, it says, For he has rescued us. From the dominion, another word for dominion is kingdom, right? A domain, a, a rulership establishment. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the what? The kingdom. He's rescued us from the domain of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. So we see when we get saved, God rescues us out of this other kingdom and he brings us into God's kingdom into the kingdom of the Son, which God loves, right? But there's another kingdom out there. And I love how the Bible describes it. It's the domain of darkness. No light whatsoever. No purity. 
no love, no peace, no joy. It's, 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 it's void of all those things. It's dark. And it's the domain of darkness. And that's the other kingdom that's out there. So there's two kingdoms, God's kingdom and then the domain of darkness or, you know, the devil's kingdom. Two separate kingdoms, two separate standards, two separate things that, that one stands for, two different mindsets, right? God's kingdom and then the kingdom of darkness, the domain of darkness, as is mentioned here in Colossians 1.3. And so on this earth, as we live, as we breathe, as we move about our day and do our, do our stuff, we have the choice to either go with God's kingdom or the devil's kingdom. Very simple. There's two kingdoms, and we have the choice. We have the free will to follow one or the other. And if you can turn to Ephesians chapter 5 now, ask you if you can get that slide up for me. Thank you. In Ephesians, it kind of goes in depth a little bit about what the people of the domain of darkness who belong to that other kingdom, what they're like and what they do. So remember, in God's kingdom, what does he stand for? What does God stand for? What does God take a stand for? What is he about? What does he represent, right? God represents justice. He represents truth. He fights for the orphan. He fights for the widow. This is the God and the kingdom that he represents and he stands for. So if that's God's kingdom, if that's what he is representing, and that's what, that those are the attributes which God brings into his kingdom, if that's there, right, God's kingdom, then what's over here on the other side? What's in the kingdom of darkness? What's in the domain of darkness? Who, what are these people in this kingdom doing, right? Well, in Ephesians, it kind of shows us exactly what's happening here with these two kingdoms and what the people of each one are like. In verse 3, it says, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed. Because of these, because these are improper for God's holy people. These are improper for whose people? God's holy people, right? So God's people who belong to him, who are standing with Jesus, who are in God's kingdom, who are associating themselves with God and with what God stands for, this is not a part of them. They don't stand for this. They're not okay with this. They don't do this. This isn't what they're about. The, Paul exhorts the Ephesians, don't even let there be a small, tiny hint of what? Sexual immorality, any kind of impurity whatsoever, doesn't matter what it's like, doesn't matter what gender, what sex, or whatever orientation, any kind of impurity, any kind of sexual immorality, or greed. Because these are not proper, these are improper for God's holy people who belong to him, who are in his kingdom, who belong to the Lord, who are standing with God and who are associated with God's kingdom. goes on, verse 4. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather instead giving thanksgiving. Continue, next slide. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the what? In the kingdom of Christ and of God. So, I love how Paul says, for this you can be sure. If you, if you, if you, have, if you have an immoral, impure, greedy heart, and, you're, and, and that, that's, that's the type of person you are, and that's the type of person you want to associate yourself with. I want to be impure. I want to be immoral. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. Bible calls you an idolater. He says, no, that person is an idolater, and they don't have any inheritance in God's kingdom. That person does not represent my kingdom. The person who's 
sleeping around having sex, who's impure, who's greedy, who's stealing people's money. They are not a part of my kingdom. They don't represent what I stand for. They have no place in my, in my rulership. They can't associate with me because I don't stand for those things. It's improper. It's not right for God's holy people. Therefore, if they don't belong to the kingdom of God, what kingdom do they belong to? Darkness, the domain of darkness. They belong to the devil. It goes on, it says in verse 9, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Next slide. Verse 11, it says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. Again, that domain of darkness. Don't have anything to do with it. Expose it instead. I love verse 12, and, and specifically this verse, it really caught my attention. Um, it kind of ties into why I'm, I'm talking about what I'm talking about today. It says it is, even, it, it is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. I want us to think about that for a little bit. Those who belong to the kingdom of darkness, who are under that rulership of the devil, who are following, who are associating themselves with sin. I stand with sin. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to be a part of God's kingdom. I don't want to follow his rules. I don't want to do things his way. Okay, well, if you don't want to do things his way and you don't want to associate yourself with the Lord and his standards, then you're an enemy of God. The Bible says we're either enemies, we're either for God or against God, right? So if we're not on God's side, and we're not in his kingdom, then we're in the domain of darkness. And the thing is, in the domain of darkness, in the devil's kingdom, that is standing in opposition to God's kingdom, they have fruitless deeds. They're immoral. They're impure. And verse 12, they, even, they do things so shameful, it's, 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 it's hard to even mention what they do. There's a kingdom out there, guys. That's so prevalent in our generation today, in society, that's promoted. It's not God's kingdom. When we turn on the television, when we listen to music, when we listen to rappers or rock music, whatever type is out there, guys, it could be some soft little pop stuff, and they're talking about sex, right? It's not representing God's kingdom. It's representing the domain of darkness. It's representing the devil's kingdom. They're saying that I am standing in opposition to what God has established. I don't want to associate with God and his rules and what he wants to do, so I'm going to go over here and do my own thing. And in that domain of darkness, guys, so many shameful things happen. So many shameful things happen. So many lives are hurt. So many people are wounded. So many lives are taken. So many people get dragged through the mud, all because they don't want to stand with the Lord and come into his kingdom and his rulership and submit themselves to God. But when they stand in the kingdom of darkness, they're ruled by their lust, by their passions, by their desires. And the Bible says the devil, who's over that kingdom, comes to kill, steal, and destroy so when people step into the domain of darkness and they're no longer with God in God's kingdom, guess what? The ruler of that kingdom, the devil, he is going to destroy you. He's going to take everything that you have. And he's going to eventually even try to kill you off. 
Now, as I read verse 12, what comes to mind is actually, and it kind of even ties into why I, I chose this topic or why I felt God highlight this to me. I don't know if any of you have been keeping up with the news, but um, there's this whole hashtag out there called Me Too. Now, I don't know, does anybody, has anybody heard of that in the, just by a show of hands? How many of you guys heard of that, right? Okay, awesome. So what's going on right now, there was this famous uh, Hollywood director. I don't know all the details. I'm sorry. I wish I did. But there was this big Hollywood director um, called, he has a hard name to pronounce, right? Um, but anyway, this Hollywood director, he would use his authority and power because he was like huge. He had big money. He just, you know, all this. He was very powerful in, in Hollywood. He would take different female actresses and he'd call them on a business, you know, business meeting or whatever. And in that business meeting, without going into too much detail, he would sexually harass them. And, some, and for some, he actually abused them because he took advantage of them. He said, well, you know what? You want to be a star? You want to you know, be this popular, whatever, you want to be this cast in this movie, well, hey, you know what, whatever, right, I mean, you can only imagine from there, and he would, and he would use his authority, and he would use his power to manipulate women, and control women, and abuse them, and attack them, and use their body against them, and all these different crazy things, and you see, like, this guy did it for years, and what's interesting is people even knew about it, but didn't say anything, how come they didn't say it? How come nobody spoke up against the evil that was happening, right? Well, it's because they weren't standing with God on his truth and his righteousness. In his kingdom, they were in the domain of darkness. Therefore, if somebody is being sexually harassed, it's going to go unnoticed and nobody's going to say anything. And so this man did the, these sinful, perverted, wicked things, shameful things for years in secret. Until recently, I guess, I believe, somebody confessed and came out and said, look, this guy's been doing this to me. It's crazy. He needs to stop, whatever. And now it's huge. And now all these different actresses, even Angelina Jolie, I mean, that, that's a famous name. Even she was, um, again, used by this guy sexually. It's crazy. But he did this for all these years, and nobody said anything, and nobody spoke up. Guys, did that, did that man, that person... I mean, I'm trying to think of, but for what, you know, that guy, was he in the kingdom of God? Was he standing with God in holiness and righteousness? Was he with the truth? Was he in God's kingdom? No, he was in the domain of darkness, doing things that are so shameful to even talk about in a setting like this. He was perverted. He was wicked. Maybe he thought he was a good person. Maybe he thought that he was okay. Maybe he thought that he'd never get caught, and therefore it would, it would, it, it, it's fine because he's just doing what he was created to do in his mind, right? But he belonged to the domain of darkness, and he was controlled by his lusts and his passions. Therefore, he became a perverted, evil, shameful creature doing shameful things because he thought it was okay. Because he didn't stand with the Lord, because he, instead of coming to Jesus, stood in opposition to the Lord and said, no, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to be with God in his kingdom. I want to sin. I want to take advantage of these women and use my power and my authority in Hollywood to manipulate whoever I see. And of course, he chose the younger women of, of Hollywood, which is, I mean, it's, it's, it's just disgusting. It's, it's perverted. It's crazy. So that's the most recent thing that's been happening this past week. And then also, two weeks ago, I believe, we have the Las Vegas shooting 
where this guy just goes crazy, shoots into a crowd of 2,000 or 200,000 people at a, at, a country shoot, at, a, at a country concert. This guy was singing all that stuff. You guys know the story. And all of a sudden, you hear these bullets, and the people start dropping constantly. People start dropping dead everywhere. And it's said that there was about, I forgot the, what was the total uh, body count? People who died. 500 got shot. How many died? 58 people died, right? What do you think that shooter was thinking in his mind? Who did he belong to? He belonged to the domain of darkness. He wasn't standing with God in his kingdom, in his righteousness, in his love. He chose to go with the devil and submit himself to whatever passions and desires he felt inside of him. He belonged to the devil. And, and what he did, it was perverted. It was sick. It was disgusting. It was evil, pure evil. And we see this, and we're appalled, and we're, like, and we're shocked, and we're like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. People are dying 500 shot. 50, 58 shot dead. You know, I, and then I read an, another news article, which was interesting. It said that, well, okay, that's, that's sad that that happened in Las Vegas, but 500 shootings. Guys, that's a typical summer in Chicago. Really not even that, that, that big of a deal. Chicago's been experiencing that for years, and nobody said anything. Why is there evil in the world? Why is there such perverted, wicked things happening in our society today? And of course, it says shameful things that are, you know, shameful, shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret, what they're doing when nobody else is looking, right? What sinners are doing when no one else is looking, and, and it's a secret, and they're keeping it on the side. Guys, how many of you guys know there's so much, there's so many evil, perverted things happening, going on in secret that nobody knows about, that nobody is aware of? People getting sex trafficked, people getting abused, people being ushered into slavery. There's still slavery going on. And I'm sorry, it's not just, it's, it's not some, something going on in America. Uh, guys, we're talking about literal slavery, beatings, attacks, crazy stuff happening. Women being oppressed in the, in the Middle East, being stoned, right? Pure evil. Why is this happening? Why is there such evil in the world? Why is there such perversion? You can go back up to verse 3, Oscar. The reason why is because people are not choosing to submit themselves to the kingdom of God. They're choosing to stand and sit in the domain of darkness. Therefore, they're sexually immoral. They're impure. They're greedy. They step over people and don't care. It should not come up to us as a surprise. That when somebody's given the opportunity to take advantage of somebody in secret without anybody knowing they would go for it anyway, guys, that's the norm in the domain of darkness. It's okay to do those things in the domain of darkness. Because in the domain of darkness, under Satan's rule, there is, there is no standard. There's no such thing as holiness and righteousness. I'm not going to serve God and, and, and not lust after women. That, that's stupid. Why would I do that? In the domain of darkness, anything goes. And people are given the free will to fully rebel against the Lord and say, God, I don't want to stand with you. I want to do my own thing. The Bible calls those people sexually immoral, impure, greedy. If we go to the next slide, again, Paul says in, in, in this book in Ephesians, he says they don't have any inheritance. 
those people who are doing these things, who are, who are actively sinning and, and, and just living this type of lifestyle, they have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. They have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. God will put those people out and he will bring justice and he will not allow those things to happen. Now, the reason why those things are happening is because we live now in a period between now and when Jesus literally actually comes back, God is giving humanity a chance to see if they choose him. The Bible says that he's patient and that when the gospel is preached to the ends of the world, then the end will come. So God is giving humanity a chance. He's waiting for people to say yes. He's waiting for people to turn to God. He's waiting for people to repent. And come to him and wake up in the domain of darkness and say, wait a minute, this is wrong. This is not right. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be associating with this perversion. I need to be with Jesus. So God's giving time. He's patient. And he's willing to wait until all of humanity has heard the gospel and has been reached. And the message of the cross has become crystal clear. Then he'll come back. And he'll rule and reign and he'll establish justice. But right now, we're in that period where people have free will, and they have the freedom to choose what they want to do. And in that period where people are given free will, obviously we see a lot of people are not making the right decisions. A lot of people are not choosing righteousness. A lot of people aren't choosing holiness. A lot of people are not choosing to stand with God and associate themselves with the standard which the Lord's God has given in his, in his word. They're not choosing that side. They have the free will. They could choose to side with Jesus. Say, no, I'm against injustice. I'm against perversion. I'm against abuse. I'm against all of this insanity going on. I will not stand up for that. I will speak against it. I'll expose the darkness. We have the free will and the choice to, to side with God and be on his team. But many in our society and in our culture instead siding with Jesus are choosing to side with the devil. They're choosing to partake in the fruitless deeds of darkness, doing things in secret that are shameful, taking advantage of people, abusing people, doing all kinds of evil, and they don't think anything of it. And it's not strange. It's not odd. It's not weird. It's not like, what's happening? What's going on? This is, I don't understand why this is happening. No, no, no. These people are choosing out of their own free will to reject God and oppose his rulership and oppose his kingdom. Say, no, God, I don't want to be with you. I want to be over here and do whatever I feel like. Well, in that kind of realm, in that kind of society where God is absent and his rulership is not there, it should be no surprise that we find murders, that we find killings, that we find divorce, that we find broken families, that we find broken children, that we find women abused, raped, sexually harassed, traffic, guys. There's, tra there's sexual traffic going on all over the world that people don't even know about. I knew a missionary who went to Africa, and she was describing how she would reach out to the children in her community. Very amazing uh, woman of God. And she was doing this ministry in, in, in Africa, and she was reaching out to the kids. And it was interesting. I, I caught something that was strange. She said that we, we, we minister to the boys, you know, um, every, every day or whatever, and we have all the boys come to our house and blah, blah, blah. And she kept emphasizing boys, boys, boys. And I'm like, well, well wait a minute. What happened to the girls? Like, okay, you keep mentioning boys. What, what's going on? Like, are, are, 
aren't the girls there too? Like, are they just at home? What's happening? You know what she told me? She said that all the girls in that community have already gotten scooped up by the traffickers and are being trafficked for their bodies. And we're not talking about adults, college age. We're talking about six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds. Why is this happening? Why does this exist? It's because people choose out of their own free will not to associate with God, not to be a part of God's kingdom, and they want to do shameful things in secret and disobey the Lord. Even if it hurts somebody, even if it destroys a life, they don't care. We live in a nation where abortion is okay, and babies are dying constantly, all the time. I believe a, a Every, like, 30 seconds, another baby is aborted. And I'm telling you, there's all kinds of crazy things happening and people doing things in secret under the table, and they think it's okay because they belong to this system of darkness that, that the devil is controlling, and it's not okay. But people are choosing it anyway. And a lot of us like to point the fingers because it makes us feel self-righteous. Oh, this person's so wicked. Oh, this person, they're, 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 they're sexually abusing, you know, all these female actresses. Well, I mean, if, to be honest, I bet a lot of those people who are pointing those out have probably done the same thing in their own lives. Sin is so prevalent. And you are either on God's side, standing in holiness, in righteousness, in justice, what is fair, what is true, or you're standing in the side of darkness, turning a blind eye. When somebody's getting beat up, when somebody's getting attacked, when somebody's getting hurt, when, when things are happening, when, when things are going around, instead of exposing the darkness, people hide and they turn away because they're guilty of the same exact thing. They don't want to expose someone else's sin because they're afraid their own sin will get exposed because they're doing things in secret themselves because they belong to darkness. And again, that kingdom of darkness destroys lives. It hurts people. It wounds people. It hurts children. It hurts families. It breaks up families. It does all these kinds of crazy stuff. Therefore, that's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, in the Lord's Prayer, the first thing we need to pray and ask God for, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. God, why should I be asking for your kingdom to come on this earth? Why is that important? Why does that matter? Why is it, why is it a thing, Lord? Why is it a priority? Before, before we get to um, give us this day our daily bread, before we get into forgive us our debts as we forget our debts, why is it, God, you say, first, your kingdom come? Why? Because if God's kingdom does not come, injustice will still reign. People will still get attacked, beaten, murdered, shot in the streets, and it will only keep getting worse and worse and worse. If we can all turn to John 3, John 3.16, well, it's actually very close to that scripture. Give me uh, John 3.16, verses uh, 16 through 18. See, God knows the motives of the heart. God knows what people are thinking in their hearts. God knows what fantasies people have. God knows the things, I mean, I'm telling you guys, the injustice, people, what, what people do in secret, what people do when they think no one else is looking, it's so perverted, guys. And again, maybe some of us in this room are guilty of that ourselves. Well, guess what? You have the free will. 
and the free choice to leave that, to leave that domain of darkness and go into God's light and be with him in his kingdom. Verse, uh, John 3, chapter, John 3, verse, verse 17. We'll start there. It says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Verse 18, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in God, who never does not have God on the inside, whoever is not with God in his kingdom, standing with him, associating themselves with what God stands for, they stand condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Verse 19, Oscar, if you can get that one. Verse 19, it says this. It says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, God, send your kingdom because people in this earth are rejecting the light and they're loving darkness and they don't care who they step over, they don't care what they do, they don't care who they hurt. It says light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light. What does that word darkness mean? Does it mean they just stole the cookie out of a jar? We're talking about some crazy stuff, some tripped up stuff. Shooting up families, shooting up kids in the streets. People love doing that. People loved abusing one another. People love sexually raping each other. People love this. People loved darkness instead of light. I don't mean to be rash and, and just blunt with this stuff, but I'm telling you guys, is this not the society we live in today who love shooting up blocks, who love getting into fights, who love throwing hands and beating up each other? This is the society and the world we live in. We love violence. We love perversion. We live in a society that celebrates pornography. The person who invented Playboy, Hugh Hefner, one of the biggest pornographic sites out there, pornographic industries, Hugh Hefner was responsible for all that. He died, he passed away, and what did people say? How did people remember him? They were celebrating. They were celebrating this sick man who was probably responsible for so many divorces, so many children being wounded as a kid. They started celebrating this sick, perverted man. Why? It's because they belong in the darkness. They're in the darkness, and they love sin, and they love evil. And they don't want to be in the light, and they don't want to be with God in his kingdom. Which kingdom are you in tonight? Which kingdom are you in tonight? Are you praying that prayer that God asked us as disciples to pray? Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come, Lord God. There's so much injustice. There's so much evil happening in the world. So many people are getting taken advantage of. Nobody cares, God. All this evil and darkness is, is prevalent in our society, Lord. Send your kingdom, God. End this, God, because I want to stand with you. I want to stand with the truth. I want to stand with justice. I want to stand with purity and holiness and righteousness. Which kingdom are you choosing today? When you leave out of here and you purposely curse somebody out because you love to, which kingdom are you going to choose? Which kingdom are you going to choose? Because if you submit yourself to the domain of darkness and that's all you live in and you just live for your own pleasures and your own lust, guys, don't be deceived and think you won't do anything crazy. 
Let me tell you what, who knows? People who, go, who leave the Lord and just live a lifestyle however they want, those are the people that are shooting people in the streets. Those are people who are hooked on all these kinds of crazy stuff that are hurting society. We need to wake up. And we need to submit ourselves to God and his kingdom and stand with the Lord. Stop playing games. Because when you stand in the domain of darkness, guys, there's no games. There's only hurt and destruction. I was hanging out with a friend yesterday. The friend, it was their birthday party. They had other friends that they knew at the table. And at the end, it was kind of dying out. Most of the other friends left. So it was just me, my friend, and then their friend. I started talking to them. And as I, as I began to talk to them, I'm telling you guys how, how, how evident it became that this person was just so broken. The things they were telling, the things they were telling me and, and talking about. And it was just normal to them. Like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm just, the, the things they were mentioning, it was just like, it was just the, the, the brokenness and the hurt and the pain, it was like normal. It was like normal to them. Like, yeah, I'm broken, I'm busted, yeah, I'm hurt, yeah, I've had my heart broken like seven, 700 times. Like, yeah, it's, it's normal, it, it's whatever. Let me just get drunk so I can just forget all that stuff again. And I'm just looking at them like, what, 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 that's not normal, what are you doing? But again, for those of, for those people who, who, who are in the domain of darkness, that's all they know. That's all they think about. That's all they care about. And they don't see and they don't understand. But guys, I'm telling you, you have the free choice to get out of that. To associate with God and his kingdom and take a stand for righteousness. Now there's good news, though. If we can go to Revelations chapter 21, I believe. Revelations, thank you, Oscar. You see, when God comes back, this won't happen anymore. When God comes back, there won't be people hurting in secret anymore. There won't be shameful acts done when no one else is looking anymore. God will make all things, all wrong things right. He'll bring justice. He'll correct the wrongs. He'll heal the wounds. In verse 3 of Revelation 21, it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place, his kingdom coming. This is what it looks like when God comes with his kingdom. It says, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Will they be crying in this new kingdom that God's bringing? No. In verse 4 it says, he will wipe away every tear. Next, next slide, Oscar. There will be no more death, no more mourning or crying or pain. The hurt that humanity has right now. Because of all the darkness and the evil deeds, that will not exist. Jesus will put a stop to it and say, no more. It's gone. None of this will be happening on my watch. No more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Verse 5, it says, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. I am making everything new. This is the kingdom that God is saying, pray Ask for the kingdom to come. God, your kingdom come. This is what he's referring to. This is what it looks like. God making everything brand new. The whole world. The earth as we know it, brand new. Then he said, write this down, next slide. For these are the words, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I'm the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. 
To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. Next slide. And I will be their God, and they will be my children. This is what God's kingdom looks like. These are, these are the things that are going to be happening in God's kingdom. Everything will be made new. No more crying. Everybody understand that. No more crying, no more pain, no more mourning, no more hurt. God will wipe away all the tears. No one will be thirsty in their soul again. This is what God's kingdom will look like for those who chose to side with Jesus. But John, here in Revelation, the author, he's not done yet. In verse 8, what do we see? It says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the people who are abusing those in secret, the murderers who are shooting people in, in, the, sh in the streets, shooting them down, putting them in a corner, the sexually immoral, doing whatever they felt according to their lusts and passions, using their authority, using their positions to, to, to take advantage of people, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magical arts, the idolaters, and all the liars, they will be, coast, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Who do you think these people belong to in verse 8? Darkness. They, 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 they chose, they, they didn't choose God's kingdom. They didn't choose holiness. They didn't choose purity. They didn't choose love. They didn't choose the truth. They chose all these sinful stuff. Again, they made it their choice. They lived, a, they lived their whole lifetime, all their years, and they said, you know what? No, I still don't care about God. I want to do my own thing. And in the middle of murders and sexually immoral, those aren't the only two sins. What else does God say? The cowardly. Those who refused to speak up, who saw injustice happening and didn't say anything about it. Those who are cowards. Those who don't believe in God. Who are unbelieving in the heart. God sends them all to the lake of fire. He sends all of those people into the lake of fire. Why does God do that? Why does God send all these different sinful people into the lake of fire and separate them from his kingdom? Why does God do that? Because you know what? God says, no, I'm tired of sin. I'm tired of perversion. I'm tired of lives being hurt. I'm tired of this. All of you who are sinners, leave. Get out of here. For those of you who chose holiness and righteousness, you're going to be with me for the rest of eternity. There'll be no more pain, no more sorrow. There'll be healing. I'll wipe away all the tears, no more crying. But those of you who chose sin, get out. Just get out. Just leave. Next slide, Oscar. Verse 27 says, nothing impure will ever enter it. Do we understand that? I'm telling you guys, if, if, guys, if you associate yourself, if you say to yourself, I do not need Jesus, I'm just going to do my own thing. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how it happens. I mean, I'm just, I just, this isn't for me. Verse 27 then, well, hey, how, how about this, guys? Wake up. Nothing impure will enter God's kingdom, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful. If you're deceiving people, tricking people, taking advantage of people, God, guys, God says, you will not enter my kingdom. 
Nothing impure will ever get into God's kingdom. No abuser, no deceiver, no liar, no person who's doing shameful things in secret. They will be pushed out, kicked out. Because God does not want any impurity getting into his perfect kingdom. Because God is a good father and he protects those who are with him. And all those people who are hurting each other and doing all this crazy stuff, he says, no, you get out of here. I'm protecting my followers. I'm protecting those who stood with me, who stood on righteousness and holiness. I'm going to take my people. They're going to be over here. And all of you who want to hurt them, and all of you who want to sin and do your own thing, get out. Because your time is over. You're going to hell. But for me and my followers, all the crying, all the pain, all the hurt, all the mourning, all of those things is going to be wiped away. We have two choices, people. Which one are we going to choose? But only those whose names are written in the book of life will enter into God's kingdom. Next slide, Oscar. Here in verse 22, chapter 22, verse 12, it says, Look, I am coming soon. This is Jesus talking. He says, I'm coming soon. You won't have to wait much longer. I know there's shootings. I know there's things happening. I know people are getting hurt. I know people are being trafficked. I know there's all this injustice in the world. Don't worry. I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. My reward is with me. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. Do we all know what that means when God is saying that? I will give to each person according to what they have done. I will give to each person what they've, if they've been sinning. If they've lived a lifestyle of taking advantage of people, deceiving people, hurting people, I will give to them what they deserve. I will bring justice. No person will get away with anything. God sees everything. He knows what we do in secret, and God's going to judge that. And he's going to give you what you deserve on that day. See, now it's grace. Now there's time to choose Jesus and to serve him. But there will be a day coming soon where God says no more. You're getting what you deserve. It's over. It's finished. Verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes. Next slide. That they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into this city. What city is God talking about again? He's talking about his kingdom. He's talking about his rulership, his reign. What he stands for, he says, those who follow me, they will have the right to go in and enter. But in verse 15, what do we see again? Is Jesus done? Is he done describing the scenario? Is he just done talking about how happy it will be for those of, who chose Jesus and entered? No, he says in verse 15, outside are the dogs. Those who practice magical arts, the sexual, immoral, the murders, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Falsehood. What is false? What is wrong? What is not true? Everyone who practices this, who makes it their lifestyle, they'll be outside of my kingdom. and They'll never enter in. Outside are the dogs. That's what Jesus looks at it. That's how Jesus sees it. Because God is passionate about justice. He's passionate about truth. He's passionate about love. He's passionate about gentleness. He's passionate about keeping those who, he's, he's passionate about, he's passionate about protecting those who are with him. 
He loves those who are with him, and he wants them to live in eternity without any of this other stuff hindering them. Guys, God is so passionate about this that that day will come soon where he will, in his passion, in his desire, will cast everybody else out. Because he said, I've had enough. You had the ability to choose, but you chose not to. Depart, leave, go. If you can go back to Matthew chapter 6. Verse 10. If we can all stand right now. That's why Jesus says, this is how you need to pray, guys. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, let your kingdom come on this earth. God, do away with the injustice. Do away with the sin, God. Do away with all the, all the perversion, God, all the wickedness, all the, all the things that are done in secret, God, people taking advantage of those around them. Lord, God, do away with it, God. Come back. Send your kingdom, Lord, God, so you can bring an end to the reign of sin on this earth. Now, if you're a believer, If you're a follower of Jesus and you're on God's team and you're on his side, then you know what? That's good news. You want Jesus to come back because you want to be with him in eternity. But let me tell you what, if you're not a part of God's kingdom, that is some really bad news. Because when God comes, it's over. And we need to be sure what side we're on. Are we going to associate ourselves with God's kingdom? Are we going to stand with him in holiness when everyone else is mocking us and making fun of us? and it's not cool, and everyone's turning a blind eye. Nobody's standing up. I mean, guys, I've seen this so many times. People getting picked on, people getting beat up in school, and nobody stands up for them. Nobody does anything. We just walk by and just be like, well, that's, you know, well. Are you going to stand up? Are you going to expose darkness? What are you going to do? What are you going to choose to live by? If you're a Christian, that's some good news for you that God's going to come back. But again, if you're not, it's really bad news. You have the free will, though. You have the choice. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life? How, what, what choice are you going to make? Are you going to choose to be on God's side, or are you going to choose to be on the domain of darkness, filled with lust and passion and desire and just doing whatever people want to do? Are you, which side are you going to be on? You can't be on both sides. You can't be in the middle. You have to pick one. You're either God's enemy, and God is either fighting against you, or God is fighting for you. If God is not fighting for you, God is literally. <coughs> I, want us all to, <coughs> I want us all to understand that. If God is not fighting for you, if not God is fighting for your life, if God is not fighting for what you stand for, if God is not fighting for how you live, then God is now fighting against you. Do we understand that in this place? Let there be no more confusion about that. If you are not living for God, you are now fighting against God, and God is now fighting against you. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? We can all close our eyes and bow our heads. Holy Spirit, I just pray and ask you, God, that you would convict hearts, Lord God. Lord, one day you will come and you will make every wrong right, Lord God. You'll bring justice, Lord. 
God, all of the sin, God, all of the evil, all of the lies, God, lying will be no more, God. You will remove lying and every liar. God, you will remove every liar out of your kingdom. You will tell them, get out. People who have hatred in their heart and are angry and hold on to it and act out in anger towards others, you will tell them, get out. No more anger in my kingdom. Not in my kingdom, not in my place, not in my house. God, 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 this is what God will do. Holy Spirit, I pray that we'd be more aware of that, Lord. I pray and ask you, Lord God, just as injustice is happening right now, Lord God, as evil things are happening right now, God, as, oh Lord, as, as people might even be getting raped right now at this minute, as the, right now at this minute, Lord God, people being abused, Lord God, uh, physically, verbally, Lord God, at home, God, children, God, adults, whoever, what, wherever, Lord God, it's happening, evil's out there, God, it's not okay, Lord, we as believers now, God, we say, Lord, we need you to come back, Jesus. We want you to come back, Lord. We need you to come back, Lord God, and bring an end to the sin and bring an end to the darkness, Lord God. Bring an end to the perversion. Bring an end, God, to the slavery to sin, God. Come back, Lord God. Make all things new, God, because we're tired of seeing shooting in our streets. We're tired of seeing families divided, God. We want to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come back, Jesus. Come back, Jesus. Holy Spirit, even now, Lord God, we ask you to come, Lord God. Come to our cities, God. Come to our country, Lord God. Come to America, God. Come to our schools, God. God, end the violence, Lord God. End the, end the corruption, Lord God. End all of this insanity going on in Chicago, Lord. Would you come? Would you release your kingdom in Chicago, God? We need you, Lord. Because if you don't come, Lord God, people will continue to get attacked. People will continue to get shot. Lives will continually be destroyed. Lord, we need you to come, God. Before we move on to the altar, God, I just want the Holy Spirit just to move in this place. Talk to the Lord yourself. Just talk to the Holy Spirit right now. Just, 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 just say, Holy Spirit, we need you. Just, just confess, just admit it. God, we need you in our, in our, God, I, we need you in our families, Lord God. We need you in our neighborhoods, Lord. We need you in our schools, God. We need you, God. Holy Spirit, we need you, Lord God. We need you, Jesus. If I can have my altar workers come up, Humberto and Kirsten, they're going to be here. If you felt that message was for you and you want to respond in whatever way and you want to personally just get prayer from, from one of the leaders, feel free to come up to Kirsten and Humberto, my parents. For everyone else, these altars are open. These altars are open. If you just want to Ask God for his kingdom to come on this earth and your family and siblings that you know and people's lives. I mean, whatever, whatever it looks like. I don't know. But if, if you felt God tug on your heart, hey, come up here. The altars are open. God's doing something in this place. Holy Spirit, we need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. We don't want to be on the opposing side, God. We don't want to be fighting against you, Lord. 
We want to be with you in your kingdom, Holy Spirit. We need your presence, Lord. We need your presence, God. We need your presence, God. We need you to come. We need you to come, Lord. We need you to come, Jesus. We need you to come, Lord. We need you to come, Lord God. Here as in heaven, Lord God. In Chicago as it is in heaven, Lord, we need you to come, God. God, we're not okay with the violence. We're not okay with the injustice, Lord. Come back. Jesus, come in our streets again, Lord. We need you. We want to see our families healed, God. We want to